Hey guys, um, today we are going to be touching on gun violence in America, um, especially because there have been recent shootings, as you know, like there usually is, but the shooting in Uvalde, Texas has really gosh, I don't even know how to say it. I can't even come up with the words. Uh, it's just really devastating. All, all the shootings are, um, but having 19 kids and two teachers die is fucking horrible, I guess. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I was so shook by Buffalo, just all of those people grocery shopping and the racist attack um, that took so many of them. And then the school shooting um, in Texas followed so quickly after. And then I was reading an NPR article that was like, and there have been more since you've read about that. And I just, it's been like this for a very long time in the U.S. But we just kind of wanted to take a moment and acknowledge that this is a crisis situation. We would really love to urge listeners to um, think carefully about how they vote and small elections are just as important as the big ones as far as looking at you know what you have going on with your local politician stance on gun control and you can ask you can email and say that you're in favor of gun control because ultimately politicians do want to get reelected, and so if they have enough people saying like this has to stop um they might uh, shift their own platform a little bit. I know a lot of them get funding from the NRA and Paulina and I are not, um, you know, experts on gun control legislation. I'm speaking as a former middle school teacher and adjunct professor, Paulina speaking as a mom, Um, but we just wanted to voice our support for uh, people who want this to change and also our sadness for the victims and, Paulina, you had some shocking statistics that you wanted to share. Yeah, so I think it's actually crazy because I always hear people say like, oh, you know, America is number one or the U.S., you know, is number one, number one. And I feel like we have this very false sense of pride collectively as a country. And if people want to know, like, do you know America is number one in mass shootings globally, claiming just 5% of the global population by an outsized share of 31% so of the world's mass shooters since 1966? And this is according to LA Times. So with such a small population, we are literally 31% of the world's mass shootings. Also, according to LA Times, the Philippines, Russia, Yemen, and France, all countries that claim a substantial share of the 291 documented mass shootings between 1966 and 2012, collectively didn't even come close to the US. And here's another stat, according to Time, like Time Magazine, firearms became the leading cause of death 
for American children and teenagers in 2020. And it used to be car accidents. And now car accidents are number two and drug overdoses are number three. But firearms, like guns, are literally number one. It's no surprise. I don't even feel like it's worth the argument. Other countries that do possess gun control at a much stronger level have far less shootings. So I think people just need to look at the stats and accept that we need some form of stronger gun control. So yeah, leading cause of death for kids is guns. Yeah, I'm really disturbed as well by um, some of the social media around it. Like this uh, post from 2018 after a school shooting um, has been recirculating and it's something that was in good housekeeping. Um, it was a teacher who is in a wheelchair, Mrs. Uh, Schimmler, was basically prepping her students for what would happen in case of an attack. And I'm quoting, she says that she was addressing the elephant in the room about her disability. And she said, I want you to know that I care deeply about each and every one of you and that I will do everything I can to protect you. But being in a wheelchair, I will not be able to protect you in the way that an able-bodied teacher will. And if there is a chance for you to escape, I want you to go, she told her students. And then the article continues and says, this heartbreaking message struck a chord with her pupils Slowly, quietly, as the words I had said sunk in, another student raised her hand. She said, Mrs. Schimmler, we already talked about it. If anything happens, we are going to carry you. And this was circulated in a way where it's like, oh, kindness still exists. That's not the point. That is fucking horrifying (laughs) that they had to have that conversation. I, as a teacher, used to think about like, I guess I would just have to use my body to barricade you know, if a shooter came in and I used to mentally prep myself for that because I'm an anxious person and also shootings happen. And I was teaching in Brooklyn in a really safe neighborhood, but that doesn't really mean anything. And so that teacher shouldn't have to think about that. Like <laughs> this teacher should not have had to have that conversation with those students and nor should those those students have had to plan like that. I'm getting emotional because I, um, I do. But uh like, this is not the answer. The answer is not arming teachers. The answer is not like, oh, you need to learn to play dead to survive. This is clearly not the answer. <laughs> like, the answer is to make this stop by making guns less available and having, you know, taking measures to prevent this from happening, not giving guns to teachers who are just trying to survive, who, frankly, we don't know. I, I do not know how to use a gun that's not even true. I do know how to use a gun. I don't want to bring it into a school. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> and I feel like I'm super not alone as a teacher with that former teacher. It, it just, it's so horrifying the way that we have to think as teachers about, um, about how we could save our kids in a way where we really can't save our kids. Those two teachers in Texas gave their lives um, and they still 19 children died. And, and we shouldn't be in that position where we need to. It's just deep chills is all I can say. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And so sorry that you have to go through that. I can't even imagine what the teachers are going through too. Like I feel so helpless. 
Um, As a mom, though, I feel like every time you drop your kids off, maybe not every single time, but at least some of the time you're thinking about it. It's every time. And so tomorrow is actually the last day of school. And I mean, the last day of school until summer and every day I'm just thinking, okay, it'll be, you know, five more days, four more days, like counting down to the days that I don't have to worry about something happening in their school and it's gotten so difficult just mentally preparing myself to drop them off to school because I'm thinking to myself okay I used to just like drop them off and you know let them get off the car and like run into class even though we live extremely close we're still always late somehow (laughs) and you know the cars are behind you and all the parents just want to get through and everyone has to go to work. And now I park my car right in front of the school. I don't care what the teachers, I mean, not the teachers, you know, I don't care what the staff is saying or the cars, the parents behind me that are mad that I'm parked. I have to get off the car and like hug them and, um, you know, walk and walk and like, make sure they get into the gate. And even when they get into the gate, like that's the scary part. Mm. And so yeah, like as a parent, as a teacher, uh, we do need gun control. Also, there's an argument, like the whole, this that stupid argument of like giving guns to teachers and then teachers have to do gun training. Like why not just, you know, psychologically evaluate anyone that wants to buy a gun and make it difficult because there's no reason for anyone to, you know, just wake up and be like, Oh, I guess I I need a gun. Like, um, it's it's the Uvalde shooting. This guy turned 18 and then two days later, he just walked in and and bought a gun. So you can't legally drink at 18. You can't rent a car until you're 25. You can't rent a car, (laughs) but you can buy a gun. And, you know, countries like um, Australia who have that have gun control, you know, they've made different um, exceptions for, let's say you're a rancher and you need a rifle or something, you know, like we're not asking for no guns ever because, yes, sure, some people hunt or some people need them for, you know, jobs that I'm not that familiar with, but I understand (laughs) that the context is out there. Um, So, yeah, we just very much encourage you to think about like how you can use your vote and and maybe call some senators <laughs> like representatives and uh do what you can with it because it's very hard when we all feel helpless and you know thoughts and prayers really don't do a lot um we're still in the situation and um and we just you know wanted to acknowledge that um uh, we have a we have a platform we wanted to try to use it mindfully and just say that we we have a lot of love for everyone affected um, by this, and we just hope that we can all do something to make this better. Yes, that, yeah, we we know it's hard to ban guns, you know, all guns altogether, but how about anyone that owns a gun needs to go through psychological and, like, cognitive testing? I mean, I don't think it's it's control, you know? gun control period yeah 
And as someone who used to teach um, middle school history, U.S. history, and we went over the um, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and all of these things in fine detail, um, the Constitution was talking about the right to bear arms in a really specific way. And this is not the way. <laughs> like, this is really not the way. And so I get annoyed with that argument, too. You know, it's... It's a very old document at a time when um, there was so much political instability and we still have a tremendous amount of political instability, but it's in a different way now. And so we, we need to kind of let go of those strange uh, outmoded ideas and kind of accept that the safety of our citizens comes first and that we do have an ability to organize even without guns for in every, in the hand of every citizen, <laughs> if we need to institute change, it's not about making militias anymore in the woods. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So call to action, guys. Please fight for gun control. Thank you. We love you. We love you, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Romanistan Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Romanistan Podcast and on Facebook under the same name and on Twitter at Romanistan Pod. We recently started a coffee fundraiser. That's K-O-F-I to help us expand. Our goal is to release two episodes a month, create video content like an advice column and other treats. And we would also like to register as a nonprofit so we can produce content by other Romani and Sinti creators. We are hoping to cover production costs like paying for our hosting site, website, editing and producing and all the rest. We would love it if you could contribute and spread the word. The link, coffee, so it's ko-fi.com slash Romanistan is in our bio on Instagram, and it will also be in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us so much. If you would like to advertise with us, email us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com. We offer sliding scale for Romani, Sinti, and related businesses. So reach out. You can find me, Jess, on Instagram at jasmina.bontila. And you can find my vintage and curiosities shop at Evil Eye Edit on Instagram and Etsy. You can find me, Paulina Verminski, on Instagram at underscore Paulina underscore V underscore and at romaniholistic.com. Romanistan is hosted by Jessica Reedy and Paulina Verminski, conceived of by Paulina Verminski, edited and produced by Cherub, with music by Victor Pachas and artwork by Elijah Vardo. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. I think we nailed it. <laughs>